whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. Another in our continuing series of Patrick Flynn, Lee Liebeskind, free association conversations, this time around the topic of the Jukebox musical. We join the conversation already in progress. Actually, mid-sentence, I'm, I'm talking about Spring Awakening when we start. In progress. The, the, there's this sort of d- desire for more substance to it or subtext. Yeah. And I don't think that's what it's, I think that's, I don't a, think that's the point. That's of a it. false equivalency. I think when people see that, like they hear about, Oh, it's rock music and they stop and like, they assume there's going to be some kind of integration and higher purpose. And I yeah. think there isn't, it's just, this is going on then, but it also lets you sort of realize that this goes on now. Yeah. This isn't like this is a story that takes place 200 years ago that still has tremendous relevancy to the present day. The exact things might be different, but the emotions are all the same. And that's where it's a tremendous success to me. And I like, think that's yeah. what makes a successful musical. That's why Les Mis is a successful mm-hmm. musical as well. One, it's brilliantly written and it's based off a brilliant book and right. the score is amazing. But the emotions are the same. You still feel like you want to rebel against something mm-hmm. greater than yourself. So yeah, it's not the plot. Liz Maestri and I talked about that. The <laughs> Les Mis is not you. You don't you don't come to Les Mis for the plot. Or maybe you come, but you don't stay for the plot. Right. You don't come back for the plot. You come back, and Bits I, I think plot. most Bits musicals you don't come back for the plot. You know, there's very few musicals where you go, oh my god, the story. You know, you first you would kind of go this that, and then maybe the story would be third or fourth. Because even Hamilton now or Fun Home, yeah. we've talked about a lot on this show. Like it's not the story; it's the way the story's told. That's what a musical really it's highlights. Next to normal, yeah. Which you know. Sunday in the Park with George. I mean, any yeah. great musical, I think, really takes a takes an eye at getting you to feel something. But I think that's why the ones that have lasted on Broadway for so long, they have simple stories that they've told. Like, you could take the music out of The Lion King, and it's still a fable mm-hmm. about a little... Well, it's Hamlet. You know, it's Hamlet. So, yeah. like, it's classic. Right. <laughs> you know... West Side Story is just Romeo and Juliet. Right. You know, the story is solid. Well, and that's why I'm really interested in... I haven't heard anything from it yet, though I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, American Psycho, yeah, which is Duncan Cheek's musical that's up right now. I saw which will have lost it. One a bunch of the clips of... from they did it on Colbert. Did they? Uh, yeah, what did you? You got to look on your it's face. Very right now. It's very eighties. It's very well, but that's okay. But that's kind of the the bit. I'm just yeah. sort of wondering because that it's a good it's a good book and movie to adapt into a musical because yeah. again, it is a lot about mood and uh, emotion. It's not a big plot yeah. story. But <laughs> it's have you ever read the book? No. Okay, don't. It's <laughs> okay. It's a. I, I think I don't read anyways. So okay, it's fine. The um, uh, I'm sure your teachers would love to hear that. My uh, wife, who's the, a librarian, loves. To oh, hear it there the you time. go. Look yeah. at that. Um, I read the book after I saw the film. I saw. I think I teach the film. I think the film is an absolutely it's great, brilliant piece of cinema, and and gets better every time I see it. Um, and to because of my great interest, I read the book and then discovered that Brett Easton Ellis is is a, uh, at best, let's say, problematic views on the world. Um, okay. Even giving him the license of being like character, not author, divorce mm-hmm. yourself from position, it is still pretty 
so amoral in its expression. So to that end, uh, when like it's such a fine needle to thread that I think the movie did beautifully. I was when I heard it was becoming a musical, and then I was heard they were having trouble getting it put on. I kept thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, the one song we heard was. I think my expectation was different because the movie is so steeped in Huey Lewis, right? Um, which is perfect for it. Like, yeah, that time period, everything that's going on, his style of music really makes a lot of sense for that film. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe there's a nostalgia part of me who's like, the music in the musical should sound like Huey Lewis. And the one song they sang did not sound like Huey it's, Lewis to me. Ironically, it probably would make an excellent jukebox musical. Probably, yeah. Yeah, like you take that's that. Which I'm not a big fan of jukebox musicals. Neither am I. But I, that's why I said, like, yeah. maybe that would be the sort of perfect, because it is very specific to the time period. Yeah. It would also wouldn't do bad because Les Mis plays a big part both in the movie and in yeah. the book. It wouldn't be bad to have a little Les Mis <laughs> in the show. Which <laughs> a little Les Mis melody somewhere Well, in somewhere. Yeah, just yeah. floating around. Um, yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan of jukebox. Uh, yeah, jukebox musicals make me I like mad, that. I think would be the best, yeah. <laughs> the best way. My dad loves them. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of people love I I would... I mean, if you want to go and see a bunch of people sing Jersey Boys songs... He'll go anywhere time. Yeah. Go to... Wonderful. Have yeah. a ball. But don't pretend like it's a show like that's my thing like just go to the concert <laughs> just like stage like just do controversial it controversial statements yeah, by Patrick right. Flynn right um, I did a show once I assistant directed a production of uh, Beehive which is was an off-Broadway musical um, jukebox musical mm-hmm. about uh, all female songs from the 50s and 60s okay and it went like linearly from the beginning of the 50s through the mm-hmm. end of the 60s and just showed the different characters. You know, it was Jazz Joplin. Yeah. But it is just a concert, basically. People yeah. come out and they just sing the songs. And one of the things the director, it was Jane Pesci Townsend who directed it, had me do is write links. She was like, these, right. like we need something, something here. In between something between. Yeah. Something. Just, just bridge these two. And it was like there's a segment. There are scenes, because they're clearly scenes. And there's a funny little segment of that goes from It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To to I'm sorry, to something. Like, they fit together kind okay. of, and then ends with uh, Judy's Turn to Cry, which is the sequel song to, mm-hmm. to It's My Party. Um, and she had me, like, could you, she's like, could you just, like, write right two or three her. lines? Just just get me from song to song here. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, like, they need, the actors need something. But you need that in a good, like, so. But that's my thing, is, like, that Jersey was basically. Jersey Boys, and it's the history of this person. But, like, right. you get something, like, beautiful, yeah, I, that one I might be okay with. That's I haven't heard okay it yet. With. Yeah, like, I'm, it, well, because it's about a songwriter though too, right. and it's her songs, so that makes that makes a lot you of know, sense. Motown is is well, Motown's just pure. Right. That's you a know, pure million dollar show. quartet. Like those are yeah, that's true. I'm kind of arguing against myself. No, 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 but like, no, but no, no, but, I, but the, you're right. I think like, I would rather hear the real people sing those and not yeah. you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like beautiful uh, Jesse Mueller and beautiful is fantastic, and mm-hmm. you know the. Because it's about a songwriter who's a storytelling songwriter, a folk songwriter, essentially. Right. Well, and who wrote about her life. Like, yeah. she drew from her life to write her songs, so the songs do follow. And a... she didn't sing all of them, which is kind of great. Right. So hearing her sing some of those songs is mm-hmm. really fantastic. Yeah. I do love Carole King. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty great. What's yeah, that? we'll just ruminate on that I'm for a second. It's like, in kindergarten, we had to, li- we, we listened to... Uh, You've Got a Friend? No, uh... This weird, like chicken soup, eating chicken soup with rice. In January, it's so nice. While slipping on the sliding ice. Just sip hot chicken soup with rice. Sipping once, sipping twice. Sipping chicken soup with rice. 
snowman's anniversary With cake for him and soup for me Happy once, happy twice Happy chicken soup with rice uh, It was this like little tiny hmm. uh, cartoon and it was like four songs. It was like A is for alligator, eating chicken soup with rice. Hmm. Um, uh, one was Johnny. Like these great songs, like really cute, hmm. really adorable, um, and it's all Carol King music. Oh, like, oh hmm. my god, this is so good. That's interesting. Yeah, hmm. but that's what um, like Carol King is kind of fantastic because she she had these really powerful songs, and then she would write this little children's yeah. song. Yeah, it's really great. It, well, compared see, to like David Mamet, I I dig. I'll tell you. I not, want to see you land this plane. Go ahead, go ahead. Land this David plane. David Mamet writes these crazy adult plays but he wrote two children's plays that are fantastic that no one ever produces oh I didn't know that um, I'm a one's called big the, man head. one's called The Poet and the Rent and it's sort of a moral tale where Mother Goose is played by a Canadian Mountie and it's all about a poet who can't pay his rent so and he wants to go out on a date with this girl and so he gets in with a crime family and has to steal well that's an old story The Poet totally. and the Rent yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, so yeah. he made a little children's so play of it, okay. and there's a Mountie with his dog that plays a Mother Goose and they throw pies at each other sure and the other one is called uh, Revenge of the Space Pandas or Binky and the Two Speed Clock I like that about his little boy his little boy his best friend and his pet sheep and they find a clock with two speeds, and they switch it to the other seat, and it stops the world from turning. And they get thrown off to another planet that's uh, ruled by some crazy ruler and a bunch of pandas. And they just want to shear his sheep to make a sweater for their ruler. And so they're trying to get away from that. It's, <laughs> it's David Mamet. Yeah. Like, this is the guy who curses every two words. Well, he writes – he did a couple farces – Late, like around this, around like 2006 or something, in, in LA there was a production called Keep Your Pantheon, which was a which was two like there was like one Roman farce and I can't remember. There's, he he there's yeah. a period where he was writing pure comedy for a little while, and he does that. He does really. He well. does it really really well. I mean, but, State Maine is a hilarious movie if you've never seen it, yeah. and it yeah it, it it's just him, and there are a few moments of that mammatisms in it, but yeah. it's mostly just a comedy. But yeah, I yeah, like I like adult people who you think right. of as adults that can write something for a child and be like, "This is amazing." Well, and go, if you go the other way, someone who's famous for writing stuff for kids, like Shel Silverstein. If you ever heard stuff, I is... mean, if you've heard his stuff for adults, it's I mean, not only some of it is very adult, but it's really good. I when mean, I was, his his music, his songs, his plays yeah. for older people are are really on point. When I was on tour, we we were up somewhere in upstate New York and found a little bookstore that had a bunch of Uncle Shelby books. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Who's this guy?" It was like Uncle Shelby's ABCs. And it's mm-hmm. the most fantastic book because it's like, you know, M is for money. Your parents have money. Go to your mom's pocketbook and send money to this address. K is for killer. There's a killer right behind you. Run! <laughs> I was like, this is, you know. Yeah, he's twi- – I mean, because you see it. It's a very logical push. Like, yeah. you read where the sidewalk ends. That that mind is working on a different oh, yeah. a different plane. I love Shel Silverstein so much. I do too. He's yeah. uh, fantastic. He's one of the best. There's a great film – I think it's great anyway, called Who is Harry Kellerman and Why Is He Saying Those Terrible mm-hmm. Things About Me? I don't know this one. Starring Dustin Hoffman. Uh, written by Herb Gardner. He of like, I'm not Rappaport. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it, Hoffman plays a, a songwriter in New York in the 60s. And it's kind of about his life and his self-destructive tendencies. But there are tons of songs in it mm-hmm. that this character is supposed to have written. And they're all written by Shel Silverstein. Oh, which yeah? is what made me... 
And actually, we're going to tie this together real fast. Yeah. David Mamet and Shel Silverstein wrote a movie together. Which one? Called Things Change, starring Joe Montana. I love that movie. And Don Amici. Don Amici, yes, directed by Mamet. Yes, they wrote so, that together. It's one of my favorite films of it's all time. It's a good time. movie. It's a good you know, movie. Them on the beach at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. The scene in the casino still kills me where he walks. <laughs> what's a game? What's a. He won, walks over to the the wheel, right? Yeah. And just bets everything on the wheel. Yeah, oh God. That's a great movie. It's so good, and yeah. no one has seen it. Nope. <laughs> Nobody's seen it yeah. at all. I keep hoping Criterion did House of Cards and then Homicide, and like, oh, that's yeah? his next movie, and I'm really hoping, because <laughs> I have it on DVD, but I'm really hoping like Criterion gives a it a- Criterion collection of that would be amazing. Gives it a kick, yeah. Brilliant performances, too. Oh, yeah. It's a really and great- And it's later in life, too. Oh, yeah. It's like his last film, I think. Yeah. If not his last, certainly one of his last. I buy it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a really- Yeah, it's a solid- That's a solid film. Yeah. And they worked. Look at that, tying it all together. <laughs> the original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at Original Cast Pod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at Unknown Penguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the Original Cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Lee Liebeskind for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) ¶¶